Her career was, by any standards, historic. Speaking personally, I worked with the senator for quite some time, together on many different bills, but the one that I think stands out was our water legislation. It was historic. It was the first time in California history in more than 25 years that we were able to pass water. It was the Win Act. And I remember the hours and the nights that we would have to work to try to work through and the challenges. We come from different parties, we have different philosophies, but we put our state first. At the same time, Barbara Boxer opposed it. It was one of the last votes of the Senate. Had more than 70 votes at the time. This is Plausibly Live. So I had another show prepped and ready to go. But between the time last night that I put the final save on it and the time I got up this morning, we were informed that Dianne Feinstein, Senator Dianne Feinstein of California, had passed away. Look, it was expected. I think it's been expected for some time. But it finally happened. And while it's not clear to everyone what happens next, there are those out there who thankfully are informing us of what's going to happen next. And I speak specifically today of the Daily Signal. Now, it should be obvious what's going to happen. The Constitution makes it clear that when a senator dies or vacates the office for whatever reason, it's up to the state from whence the senator came to decide how they're going to do that. And virtually every state has decided that the executive, the governor, is invested with the authority to appoint a replacement because this goes back to no state shall be deprived of its suffrage. And so the governor appoints someone who then fills out the rest of that term. Now, I think in the grand scheme of things, I think the framers were looking at this going, well, surely they'll pick someone who has no interest in politics, who has the state's best interests in heart, and will simply serve out the term and then, you know, retire. But we don't live in that world anymore. In 2001, sorry, 2021, 2001, it wouldn't have mattered, but 2021, there was a lot of discussion about the fact that Dianne Feinstein needed to go. She needed to either step down, retire, something. She was not being very effective as the senator from California because she was too old, too sick, too disconnected, um, all of those things that we've talked about at great length. And so openly, the state of California began discussing what was going to happen when that moment finally came. Gavin Newsom, who was the governor and is the governor, informed the entire world that he was going to nominate a black woman to fill Dianne Feinstein's seat. Now, California, you might think, well, that's, you know, that's the perfectly Democrat thing to do, right? Nominate a black woman. But he also added into that later on. In more recent days, he's added on to that, that he sees this appointment as an interim appointment. And that that person he expects to not get involved in the Democrat primary to replace that seat. 
So follow me here. Gavin Newsom, the governor of the state of California, the guy that's going to debate Ron DeSantis, the guy that is running for president, even if he says he's not, and I'm not convinced that he is or isn't, informed the world that when Dianne Feinstein dies, he's going to appoint a black woman to the position, but expects that black woman to simply step down and step aside and not get involved in the, in the primary race, which, of course, is already heating up in California. When he said he was going to appoint a black woman to that seat when Dianne Feinstein vacated it, it was assumed, and yes, I know what the word assumed means, but in California you can get away with that. It was assumed that he meant Representative Barbara Lee, who is a black woman who is a representative from California. Being as she's the most senior one, it was just sort of assumed that that's what he meant, and she wasn't having any of this interim nonsense. She blasted Newsom on Twitter. She said this, quote, I am troubled by the governor's remarks. The idea that a black woman should be appointed only as a caretaker to simply check a box is insulting to countless black women across this country who have carried the Democrat Party to victory election after election, unquote. Which is a sentence we could spend a lot of time unpacking. Not gonna, because it's not really the point I want to make this morning, but there's a lot of baggage in that sentence, isn't there? It's insulting to black women who have carried the Democratic Party to victory in election after election. Mm. Anyway, she's not upset because it isn't going to be her. I, For all I know, it still will be her. She's upset because the governor has made it clear that he expects this person to be interim and not run in 2024, which that ain't happening. Barbara Lee is not having any part of that. She will make it clear that if she gets the job, she expects to have it for life, or at least until she doesn't want it anymore. That's what she's mad about, that he called it a caretaker position. Seems like the typical California racial politics, but... There you go. I have my theories about what's going to happen here. I have several theories. I don't know. I will tell you this. I will admit this, that since I took over Afternoons Live from Bill Mick in 2007, I have gotten every one of my predictions for who, what's going to happen with senators in the state of California wrong. Uh, every single one of them. With the exception of, no, I didn't even get that one right. When Kamala Harris was named as the vice presidential candidate, and one-ish, um, I, I predicted that Newsom would name himself as the candidate, as the replacement, but that didn't happen. He went with Alex Padilla, which still makes no sense to me. I have some theories. Now, there are other people with theories, and one of the latest AHT theories, which is a term I haven't used a lot lately, uh, the aluminum hat theory. The latest aluminum hat theory is that Gavin Newsom will appoint Kamala Harris as the replacement. Now, this does not track with what he said he wants, which is a caretaker, but the theory is that he will name Kamala Harris as the senator. Why would he do that? The Democrat Party has a problem with Kamala Harris. They have a, whether or not you want to admit it or not, I, I don't really care. The Democrat Party has to acknowledge that Kamala Harris is not electable, period. And 
should she somehow or another become president, it's pretty much a guaranteed win for the GOP candidate, whatever bench shit can they run. So they got to get her out of there. And this is an opportunity to do that. Name her senator. Why would she take it? I hear you cry. Well, she's the vice president of the United States and the presumptive next president. Well, I think you could convince her to take that because, and I don't, I don't want to get too into the weeds here, but Kamala Harris has a history, a history that is not pleasant. And it's, well, it's the stuff of letters to penthouse. I mean, it really is. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't understand that Kamala Harris slept her way to the top. And currently, that's just rumor. That's just, you know, I heard, or we all know, which is a phrase I hate. But you pull Kamala Harris aside and you say, look, we're going to nominate you for senator, knowing full well that if you become the senator from California, you were before, you can easily win re-election. You'd be senator for life if you want to be, just like Dianne Feinstein. But if you don't take it, you don't take our offer to step down as VP and become a senator, some of these newspapers might start reporting things that they know or will know. Is it dirty politics? Sure. Is it going to happen? I don't know. But if I were if I were trying to get her out of there, that's what I would tell her, assuming I had the evidence that, you know, supports the accusation. Being a senator for life isn't that bad of a job, right? It's a good way to become a billionaire. That said, once uh, if this theory holds and if Kamala Harris takes that job, then the presumption is that Joe Biden has to, has to nominate a new vice president and he chooses Gavin Newsom, who then is in a position to become the incumbent and or run as vice presidential candidate. And he's in a better position to run his presidential campaign. That's the AHT that's out there right now. Don't know if I buy it. Don't know if I buy it because for some stupid reason, I keep taking people at their word. And Newsom did say that he wants this position to be caretaker. And that would not support that. Um, like I said, there's things that do support that theory, but there are things that are holes in it. There are other things that could happen. He actually could appoint Adam Schiff, who has made it very clear that he wants that job. He wants to ru- He's running for the job and has made it very clear that he's running for the job. He could appoint Schiff. I don't know. See, as a caretaker position, that would make sense. But as a permanent position, I don't know. Schiff is one of those. He's very, to borrow a phrase from the Modesto B, he's a lightning rod for controversy. And while he's easily electable in his district in California, I don't know that he's electable statewide that way. Yes, he's a Democrat. Yes, he's a liberal Democrat. Yes, he's a Joe Biden you know, butt kisser, but he's also a white male, which may not play well. I don't know. He's the only one that has said, you know, openly that he's campaigning for the job. So there you go. I still wonder, and this is my own opinion. I still wonder if Newsom won't appoint himself. I really thought that he would when Kamala Harris became vice president. I, I, I was surprised when he went with Alex Padilla. There was a lot of controversy about that because he replaced a woman of color with 
what many people called a white Hispanic uh, male at the time. So it's possible. It's also possible that Newsom could decide to do something just, just to piss people off. I mean, you're playing politics here. And there's nothing that says that he on the side hasn't swung a deal for a temporary person that comes from a community that is controversial. And that he can appoint that person, having agreed with that person in advance, that you're not going to run. Anything is possible here. What he can't do is leave it empty. He's got to fill this, and they've got to fill it quick. Because right now the Senate is 50-50. Well, technically right now it's 49-50 in the Republicans' favor, you could say, well, but Dave, the vice president votes in a tie, but you can't have a tie at 49.50. That's 99. There's no way to divide that in half. So right now, technically today, the Republicans control the Senate. But that's not within the keeping of the rules. It's just in the way that things would vote. And I assure you that right now there will be no votes that come to the floor that are anywhere near close to that, which is bizarre because we're in the middle of this shutdown argument, which is going to be problematic. They don't have Dianne Feinstein to wheel her out there and just say, just vote I for this. And then Kamala Harris to break the tie. So he's got to fill it. He's got to fill it as quickly as possible. And he's got to get it someone that, well, it's going to be a Democrat. I mean, there's no two ways about that, but it's got to be someone that they can control. And I'm not sure what that means. Barbara Lee is not going to be controllable. Would a temporary person, Adam Schiff, would probably be controllable, but then you've got problems in the House again. And I, I, Who knows? There's all kinds of political machinations that are going to be involved here. But I look for this to move very quickly because they've got to get this done, especially in the face of the shutdown. I almost, you know, I'm recording this on Friday the 29th. If you happen to be somewhere else, I did, uh, I did mean to get up first thing this morning and record the show I was going to record. Of course, then this news threw that off and then I had some errands to run and then it's national coffee day. I don't know if you knew that. So Cammy came in just as I was getting ready to start and said, we have to go to a certain coffee place right now. And it wasn't Starbucks, which is weird. Uh, Why? Because it's National Coffee Day and they were giving away coffee hats. I'm the hat collector. She's not, but she wanted one of these hats that said, drink more coffee. And so so we had to drive and it's about 25 minutes away to get that. So that there was an hour and some subvet stuff came up. Anyway, the point is all this, I had time to read some articles about all of this stuff. And the one that I pinged on was the daily the Daily Signal, which is a, a fairly reliable leftist-leaning newsletter. But it's one that I read, you know, on a fairly regular basis because, well, I was having this argument or this discussion with uh, one of my listeners the other day on text. One of the things I, I prefer to read are things that are not my echo chamber. I prefer to read things that are not in my echo chamber. And the reason that I prefer to do that is because I already know what I believe. I already know who I am. I already know what I believe and why I believe it. I want to hear other viewpoints. I want to hear things that are, uh, you know, whatever. 
and yes, I know that the Daily Signal is is put out by the Heritage Foundation, but I don't consider it to be a conservative newsletter. I just don't, and even less so after today. I'm reading the article that they put out, and I swear to God, it contained this sentence. This is an actual verbatim quote from the article. They're talking about the governor's going to, you know, replace this person. Quote, the last Republican senator in California, John Seymour, was appointed by Governor Pete Wilson in 1991. Wilson was also a Republican. Unquote. The sentence is technically correct, but it's very kludgy, which is another discussion we had today. It sounds better saying it out loud than it does reading it, I'll tell you that. But the article is filled with sentences that are disjointed and disconnected. Seemingly, the line of thought is just weird. And, and so I immediately said to Rod and Bill, I said, you guys think this was AI generated? This is a chat GPT article. Look, it sucks to lose a family member, and I don't want to lose sight of that. I've lost two of mine in the last year. And so my condolences to the Feinstein family. Um, I, I feel your loss. That said, am I the only one that's looking at these articles about Diane Feinstein and going, that was written by ChatGPT? Clearly written by ChatGPT. And I like ChatGPT. I like AI. I'm learning to use it. But I will tell you that if you think that all you have to do is type in a prompt, write me an article about Gavin Newsom, you know, appointing a replacement senator and hit enter. If you think that's all you have to do, you're delusional. This, this, this whole thing is, is much more nuanced. It's much more subtle. And I'm all for the use of chat PBT. I, I disagree with these schools that are saying kids shouldn't use that because I grew up in the seventies when they said that about calculators, you shouldn't use those. You need to learn how to do it. Um, yeah, but you know, I'm always going was the line you'll never you won't have a calculator with you all the time. Is the argument you won't have chat GPT with you all the time? Because as it turns out, yes you will. Anyway, the kid needs to learn to use it because it's gonna be there forever and ever and it's gonna get better. That said, if you're relying on it to be accurate and intelligent and cogent all the time, certainly to a reader, it's not going to be that. You have to really massage it. You have to really play with it to get it in. But it, it is useful. Don't get me wrong. It's useful. I use it every day. I'm learning how to use it even more. I'm learning how nuanced it can be. I bought books. I, I took a course. And then, and then you get into AI art, and that's even more finicky. Because you really have to think. It is a tool. I will give it that. It is a tool. And, but as you read these articles today about the passing of the senator, see how many of these articles are really kludgy, really uneven, really written with sentences that seem out of place or not wrong, but not, I don't know, not good sentence structure, not good placement. See how many mistakes you can spot because, believe me, ChatGPT makes a lot of mistakes.
I was laughing with Rod a couple weeks ago because I asked ChatGPT to produce something, and then I asked it for its sources. And it listed a bunch of sources, none of which were actually real. Links to websites that don't exist, that sort of thing. So, look, my advice to the Daily Signal is, if you're going to use the, if you're going to publish the output of ChatGPT, and apparently you are on a national website and email, you might want to proofread it first. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't, it's like that weird thing where you can, you feel like that robot is, it, it's so human, but it's, there's just something about it. And these more and more of these articles about Diane Feinstein today are coming across that way to me. And I don't know if I'm the only one noticing it or not, but the secret is to actually, uh, you know, proofread stuff before you, before you hit that publish button. And in the meantime, we'll watch what's happening in California because, you know, it's California and you have to. As California goes, so goes the country, right? Right. 